0: Exodus chapter 3, let's stand to our feet for the ring of God's word. We're going to look in verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians to bring them up out of the land into good land and large and unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto a place of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. Come now therefore, and I will send thee unto Pharaoh, that thou mayest bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said unto God, Who am I that I should go unto Pharaoh, and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he said, Certainly I will be with thee, and this shall be a token unto thee that I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, ye shall serve God upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, Behold, when I come unto the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers hath sent me unto you. They shall say to me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God moreover unto Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations Go and gather the the elders of Israel together and say to them, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, appeared unto me, saying, I have surely visited you and seen that which is done to you in Egypt. And I have said, I will bring you up out of the affliction of of, of Egypt unto the land of Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Pezzarites and the Hivites and the Jebusites unto a land flowing with milk and honey. And they shall hearken to thy voice. Thou shalt come... "...thou and the elders of Israel unto the king of Egypt. And ye shall say unto him, The Lord God of the Hebrews hath met with us, and now let us go. We beseech thee three days' journey into the wilderness, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. And I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, no, not by a mighty hand. And I will stretch out my hand and smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that he will let you go." And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians, and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty, but every woman shall borrow of her neighbor and of her so that sojourneth in her house jewels of silver and jewels of gold and raiment, and ye shall put them upon your sons and upon your daughters, and ye shall spoil the Egyptians. Let's pray together. Lord, I love you. I thank you, Lord, for this day. And God, I pray, Lord, may I be a blessing and an encouragement, Lord, uh, Lord, to the the good people here at Bible Baptist Church. Thank you, Father, Lord, for, Lord, our dear pastor. Lord, I pray, may you touch him. Lord, we know you're the great physician. Lord, give him strength. Give him rest tonight and strength for tomorrow. And I pray, dear God, may you continue, Lord, to use him, Lord, as a mighty trumpet, Lord, as he goes around and preaches and encourages and strengthens and brings, Lord, preaches revival to even other churches God, I thank you, Lord, that the Spirit of God is real here at Bible Baptist Church. And God, without you, this message is all in vain. So, Lord, I beg you tonight, Lord, please touch my feeble lips. Fill me with the Spirit of God. Lord, do a great work within our hearts and our lives. And, Lord, there be one here tonight that's lost and doesn't know you. I pray, Lord, that today be the glad day of their salvation. Lord, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Has there ever been a time in your life where things went crazy? You might have wondered if anyone else knew what you were going through. David went through some, some things like that. In fact, the psalmist said in Psalms 147 verse 4, I looked at my right hand, beheld, but there was no man there that, knew, that would know me. Refuge failed me. No man cared for my soul. I cried unto thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my refuge and my portion, the land of the living. Yes. There was a time that Kelly and I, we went through some hard times together. She, she, she figured out she had a cyst. She called her a doctor for an appointment. After the examination, the doctor explained to her that it was not a cyst, but it was a tumor. And anytime time you ever hear the words tumor, it's always a scary thing because the C word's always mentioned. She went in for additional tests. When it was all said and done, we, she came home and this is what she told me. She said, well, if this is the way God wants me to take, then then Okay. And I'll never forget that night. We we were told it may be a couple days before we hear anything. And and I remember that night we laid down together. And and I don't know how it is for you husbands, but for me, I I, I couldn't sleep. I faked like I was sleeping just just to make sure she would go to sleep. No sooner she went to bed, no no sooner I I, I realized that she's sleeping, I I crawled off to the side of the bed and me and the king began to have a conversation together. It wasn't until probably 3 o'clock in the morning... The Lord began to give me peace about the whole thing. I didn't have any answers to the questions that I had. All I knew was the God that I serve is still on the throne. And it didn't matter which way this was going to go. It didn't matter which way it was going to turn out. Our God is victorious and He always wins. And I got a phone call later on that day. It felt like an eternity to be honest with you. They told us that it was not cancerous, it was benign, and I praise the Lord for that. But I don't know what you're going through tonight. You may have come to church, you may have put on your your best smile ever, it's fake, no one else knows it. This message is probably for you tonight. It's a very simple title. Our God is victorious, He always wins. Our God is victorious. He always wins. I want you to see verse 7 here. The Bible says this, And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. It's a simple outline. Number one, the affliction. The affliction. Uh, Isn't it good to know that the Lord can sit upon His throne and said, I have surely seen the people of Bible Baptist Church. And He knows each of us by name. Boy, I'm so grateful for that. There was a parakeet named Chippy. Chippy the parakeet was simply minding his own business and singing his song one day when his owner decided to clean out his cage with a vacuum cleaner. The phone rang and the lady went to answer it. And that was when things began to go horribly wrong for little Chippy. Without the guidance of the woman, the business end of the vacuum cleaner sucked up the bird and sent him to the dust bag. Realizing what had happened, the woman tore open the vacuum, ripped apart the bag to find little Chippy, fearing for the worst. However, Chippy wasn't dead, but merely stunned and covered with dust. The woman decided that he needed to be revived and ran to the bathroom sink. She turned the water on and stuck Chippy under the flow of the water. Now Chippy's cold and wet from the sudden bath, so the owner decides to dry the bird off, but not with a towel. She gets out the hair dryer. Chippy goes from being supped up to being nearly drowned to being blown over. The owner was asked by a friend a few weeks later how Chippy was doing. This is what she replied. Chippy doesn't sing much anymore. He just sits and stares. Does that sound familiar? Life comes at us at an alarming rate and we're blindsided just like poor little Chippy. One moment we don't have a care in the world. The next we're sucked up by trials and problems and difficulties and afflictions. And there are times when life is enough to suck the song right out of your heart. Life in this world has been corrupted by the effects of the power of sin. Life here is filled with trials and difficulties. And I believe that each and every day we're reminded the fact that life is just not fair. You watch the news. Children are abused. People are shot and killed for no reason. Drug dealers continue to peddle their poison. People across the globe are starving. Hurricanes destroy homes and take lives. Young men and women are fighting for our freedom while the political activists uh Uh, basically abuse their rights and criticize our military life is not fair being a missionary in foreign lands and serving as a law enforcement chaplain for 10 years i'm here to tell you life is not fair i've literally seen people endure hardships that would cause a common person to crumble i've seen people stand in the midst of utter chaos and fall apart Life isn't fair. The lessons I've learned through life have taught me that life isn't fair. Maybe you've had some lessons along the way as well. You've learned what it's like to be at the cemetery near the grave of a loved one. And you think life's not fair. The night before your surgery takes place, the fear settles in your heart and you're going, why couldn't this happen to somebody else other than me? The day when everything comes unraveled. But I still have good news for you. God is always victorious and He always wins. The psalmist said, I've had people tell me the same thing. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord? Forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul? By the way, don't ever take counsel in your soul. It never amounts to anything good. Having sorrow in my heart daily, how long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Then the psalmist begins to change his tune. Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Light mine eyes lest I sleep the sleep of death. We live in a wicked world where people are hurting. and You're here tonight. You say, Brother Saunders, that's me. I'm here to tell you, the Bible says here in verse 7, I have surely seen the affliction of my people. Number two, not only we see the affliction, but number two, the action. Notice the Bible says in verse 8, and I am come down to deliver. I am come down to deliver. I, I, I don't know what kind of father you grew up with. Mine, mine, My dad has always been one of my greatest heroes. When, when we lived in the Bahamas, we, 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 we lived... And I don't know how many of y'all knew that. I, I lived in the Bahamas for 12 years. Now, some of y'all are probably thinking, right, Brother Nathan, y'all were suffering for Jesus. Well, I'm here to tell you, it was certainly paradise. There weren't cruise ships, there were fishing boats, and there weren't tourists, there were mosquitoes that haul you off and consume your body. (laughs) Oh, yes. No running water, no electricity. That was life for me at the age of three. That's all I ever knew. How many of y'all know what an outhouse is? And that Sears book wasn't just for reading, no, eh, amen. For all you younger ones, all you younger ones are going, what's an outhouse? You need to ask the old, just find an older person. Someone with gray hair, ask them, what's in our house? They'll explain it all to you, especially about what the Sears book is used for, amen? My dad's always been one of my heroes. I've seen my dad stand up to individuals. There were times even in my own life where, where, where I just wanted my dad. I'll never forget. When we came back to the States, I had somewhat of culture shock and everything. I had to go to a public school. There was a bully there, and that bully, he would pick on on people all the time. And bullying's very notorious in schools, especially public schools. And and I'll never forget, my dad sat me down and said, Son, don't ever run away from a bully. He said, because if you do, he'll beat on you every day. He said, so this is what I want you to do. He said, you're going to have to face that bully face to face. He said, what I want you to do is, he said, when he gets out of the bus right behind you, he said, throw your book back down and shove him just as hard as you can. Get your fist ready. If he stands up, hit him right between the eyes. Now, some of you parents are probably going, Brother Saunders, you need to stop preaching right now. I don't want my kids hitting the (laughs) bullet. Let me just tell you something. It was a different day back then when I was a kid. And so I did exactly what my dad said. What I didn't know was my dad was sitting in the car right across the street watching the whole thing. You see, what would have happened if I was getting my tail handed to me? I I, I didn't know where he was, but my dad was ready to step in at a moment's notice. You know, I'm so grateful the fact is that the God of heaven knows our affliction and is prepared to take action. And when the Bible says that he is going to come down... Hey, my friend, listen, when you kneel at the, at the altar before God, you're kneeling before the throne of grace. And isn't it amazing to know, hey, listen, when he hears our cry, the Bible says he'll come down. Boy, I'm glad he'll come down and he'll deal with the problem. I don't know what your problem is tonight, but I know who can take care of the problem. Amen? Hey, listen, I, I'm here to tell you, our God is victorious, and he always wins. I've been in a lot of fights. I did martial arts heavily when I was in Peru. There were some I won and there was a lot that I lost. Amen? But I'm here to tell you, the God we serve never loses a fight. He never loses a fight. He is always victorious. He always wins. And He's willing and ready to take action. Say, Brother Saunders, you have no idea what I'm going through in my life. I don't. Brother Saunders, you, you... You've never been down that road, and I'll be the first to tell you I don't want to go down that road. But I've been down some other roads. I've been down roads where I had to bury a 14 year old girl, very first church member I thought. I always thought I'd always have to bury somebody older in my church. She's 14. I got my own nightmares. I always like to pull young people out of cars wrapped around trees. I know what it's like to go to a third-world country and see children where their stomachs are protruding because of malnutrition. I know what it's like to see life. I know what it's like to stand beside the graveside. Come Saturday, one of my dearest friends and one of my great heroes, my father-in-law, passed away. How many years ago? Three years ago, come this Saturday. Listen, we all got problems. And listen, I'm here to tell you, come tomorrow, even if you got over the problem you just had today, come tomorrow, you're going to face some new ones. The psalmist said this. Keep your place here next is chapter 3. Look at me in Psalms 46. If anybody ever says that Christians never go through depression, they never read their Bible. Now, you don't have to live in depression. You can come out of that. The Bible says here in Psalms 46... God is our refuge and strength and very help, a very present help in trouble. See, Brother Saunders, I'm one of those that always got into trouble. Well, here you go. Here's your verse. Amen. (laughs) A very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed and the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea. Though the waters thereof war and be troubled through the mountain, shake with swelling thereof, Selah. Now anytime you ever see the word Selah, it means think upon these things. Dwell upon this. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the place of the tabernacle of the most high. God is in the midst of her, she shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen rage, the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice, the earth melted The Lord of hosts is with us. Boy, you'll have to underline that right there. The Lord of hosts is with us. Boy, listen, hey, I'm glad to say it It doesn't matter how bad the storm is. He's in the midst of the storm. By the way, he probably created the storm just to carry you through. Amen. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he hath made in the earth. He maketh the wars to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaketh the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in fire. And I love this. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge, Selah. Our God is victorious. He will always win. The affliction, the action, number three, the answer. Back here in Exodus chapter 3, look with me in verse 14. Now Thomas Black said, if I end this early, 20 minutes early, I get $100 from him, amen? The Bible says this in verse 14. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am, hath sent me unto you. Listen, I'm glad that even in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 8, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. Well, I'm glad to say that the Lord God is His name. Amen? And That, that name is capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Most Bible scholars agree that Yahweh, Jehovah, is God's proper name, and all other names are simply for the description of His character. The name Yahweh occurs 6,800 times in Scripture and is distinguished by that name, capital L, capital R, capital D. It's three more times than Elohim. It's the, 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 the deviation is simple. The Hebrew word means to be as in to live. It implies that God in his essence is, is life and that life is found in him and him alone. He is the self-existent one who is personally engaged in our lives. Originally, Yahweh was written with four consonants and no vowels, Y-H-W-H. The Jews consider that name so holy that they couldn't even pronounce it. And if they had to write it, First of all, they would bathe, and then they would get a fresh pen. They would write that name. They would destroy that pen and get another one and start the process all over again. In in the New Testament, we see Jesus used a name several times. He said, I am the bread of life. I'm the door. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the true vine. I am the good shepherd. He is the I am John eight fifty eight. Jesus saith in very very. I say unto you before Abraham was, I am. Have you ever stopped to think why God did not continue this phrase in Exodus chapter three and verse fourteen? Why did He just say I am that I am? Why did He not go ahead and state what He is? You see, there is no beginning and no ending to God. There are no boundaries. There is no height. There's no depth of limitations when it comes to our God. Amen. Had He stated that He was that would have limited himself to a particular claim. He said, I am that I am. Well, what is he? He is whatever you need. Amen. You say, Brother Saunders, but I need a comforter. He is the great comforter. I, I need a provider. Then he'll provide. I-, I need a savior. He is the savior. I-, I need an anchor. He is the anchor. If you say, Brother Saunders, I need understanding, well, buddy, he, he's got that ear and he's willing to listen. Yes, sir. I am that I am. We can't explain God. I've had people tell me, Brother, Brother Sarnes, can you explain God to me? No, but I find Him on every page, on every page of the Bible, amen? He is the great I Am. In every great story, whether it's a legend, uh, whether it, it is an action-packed movie, how many of y'all are action-packed movie lovers? Come on, don't lie in the house of God. Pastor's wife's sitting right there, amen? Now listen, hey, we want, for us as men, we want guts and gore, we want glory. But in every story, there's always the bad guys and there's always the good guys. Well, I'm here to tell you even in this story, as we read here in this chapter, there is an adversary. Notice here in verse 19, the Bible says this. I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not by a mighty hand. There's always an adversary. My friend Pharaoh refused to let the children of Israel go. He wouldn't let him go out of pure selfishness and stubbornness. We all know about the plagues of Egypt and what took place. None of that really had to happen. But because it did, I'm here to tell you, the great I am came down and dealt with it. 1 Peter 5, a says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. How many of you have ever went to a zoo and saw a lion? Anybody? There's there's a a small little zoo. In fact, I think it's called Noah's Ark. It's here in Georgia. And and, and I went with my my wife and my my little boys, and and, and I don't even think we had Leah at the time. My mom and dad were with us. And there's There's not really a lot of money that's been invested in this zoo. And I saw the lion, I saw the lion's cage, and I saw him sitting upon his platform looking all majestic and everything. But for some odd reason, out of everybody that was there, I lock eyes with this lion, and this lion locks eyes with me. And I mean, as I started running towards, towards him. And as I ran towards him, he immediately stood up, locked eyes with me, and he began to run towards me. Now, praise the Lord, there's a nice chain link fence between the two of us. But I ran right up to him, and he ran right up to me and went, Ah! You know what he did? It felt like an eternity. He roared. Y'all all wondering where my hair went. <laughs> he roared. I mean, what little bit of hair I had, it went like this. Amen? There was saliva all over me. You know what I figured out real quick? That's the stupidest thing I ever did. You know what that lion was telling me? If this chain link fence wasn't here, I'd have your carcass up there on the platform. And if the Bible describes our adversary, Satan, as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour... Now, hey, like David, listen, David has killed a lion, David has killed a bear, and David's killed Goliath. Now, I've never killed a giant, and I've never killed a lion, but I have killed a bear, and it was one of the greatest adrenaline dumps I've ever had in my life. I have been on the mountains where I have been hunting, and I thought I would hunt a mountain lion, and I went all the way around the mountain, I went all the way around the mountain, and come to find out as I looked, and I was following his tracks, I get all the way back and find my tracks, and guess whose prints are in my tracks? Yeah, the hunt was over real quick. Amen. I went back to the house. Now listen, hey, I'm telling you, there's an adversary. You and I can't see him, but he is, he's roaring. And young people, he's looking for you tonight. Those of you that are married, he he wants to destroy your marriages. Those of you that are getting older, you say, Brother Saunders, I'm getting, why, why would he mess with me? He wants to put fear in your life. Let you think, hey, my, my, my life is coming to an end. This whole COVID thing, listen, that was nothing more than a strategic attack by Satan himself. He struck fear in the hearts of Christians. Yes, he said, Brother Saunders, but it didn't have really much an effect. Oh, yes, it did. Because when people are no longer assembling, that, that means they're not worshiping. And we all know good and well, watching the service on live stream, it ain't the same as coming to the house of God. I want to hear the choir sing, hey, Amen. I want to be able to worship with people. I want to hear Brother brother Laddie get on that front row and say, Hallelujah! It ain't the same. Amen? I'm just telling you. I don't know where that thing went. I'm just telling you. It, it, it's just not the same. If I keep pulling this thing long enough, I'll probably catch it. Amen? Now listen. The service is going to get interesting real quick. <laughs> you know what I'm going to do I'm going to pull I'm going to pull uh, I'm going to pull Brother Bobby hey man where is this thing I'm just going to do what Brother Bobby Barnes does he just takes his coat off when he preaches hey, Amen. now listen hey the adversary's coming and he's going to be looking for you you say Brother Sarnes what do I do it's okay. Just start crying out. Amen. Hey, listen. I'm glad to say my my Abba, it means daddy. I call on daddy, daddy's gonna come running. I guarantee you, his fists are a whole lot bigger than mine are. Notice what the Bible says here. It says says this here in verse 19. And I'm sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go, not by a mighty hand. Let me tell you something. Pharaoh was a very mighty individual. He was an individual that literally ran a nation. Anything he put forth in his hand, it was done like that. If he wanted somebody killed, they're killed. If he wanted something done, it's going to be done. He had power. He had prestige. He had all kinds of wealth and everything. But there's one thing he didn't take into the equation. Our God's hand is so much more mightier than his is. The Bible says this. It says, it says not by a mighty hand. And then notice what verse 20 says. Underline this. And I will stretch out my hand. I will stretch out my hand. Boy, this is the aftermath Knows what the Bible says here. It says here, it says in verse 20, I will stretch up my hand, smite Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in the midst thereof. And after that, he will let, let you go. And I will give this people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. It shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty. This is the God that we serve. We see, we see not only uh, 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 the affliction, and we see the adversary, and we see the action, the aftermath is something great. The psalmist said in Psalms 47 verse 8, God reigneth over the heathen. God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. My friend, our God is victorious. What is it that you're going through in your life? If we were to continue reading this book of the Bible, you will find that God did free the children of Israel. He did. He did free the children of Israel. In fact, he, he walked them across the river on dry land he split that river right down the middle God took care of them every step of the way I want to close with this verse the Bible says in Romans eight thirty seven, 37 Nay, in all things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us there was a crowd that gathered to see a fight take place the crowds were loud and rude and cared only about themselves and what they wanted They wanted a fight to remember. The ring sat in the center for all to see. The lights went dim and then the great announcer began to call out the fighters. He calls out your name. You come with your hooded robe on. It's tattered and torn from the fights in the past. You look worn down, tired, scrawny and rather weak. You come out still to face whatever and whoever it is. You enter into the ring and look down to read the name painted across the center of the ring. It spells out L-I-F-E. You begin to warm up. Then the announcer calls out the opposing fighter. He's huge, muscular, and downright scary. His coach and teacher proudly follows behind him, coaching him all the way up to the corner of the ring. The fighter's coach is the top coach for training the most, most ruthless and merciless fighters in the world. The coach's name is none other than Lucifer. And his team is known as the rulers of darkness. Many of his students have entered the ring before. Maybe you've heard some of them by their names. Fear, betrayal, pain, depression, sorrow, and even death. You begin to fast and pray. It looks as if your life and everything you know is about to be beaten out of you. The fight is on the verge to begin. There's a real sick feeling in the back of your throat. And deep within your stomach, it is as all hope is almost gone. Then all of a sudden, the referee leans over and asks you to step out of the ring. And as you step out, there's one who steps in and takes your place. The announcer begins to call out his name, Jehovah, the bright morning star, the great I Am, the sweet rose of Sharon, Emmanuel, Alpha and Omega, the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Savior of the world, the Christ, the Son of the living God. His name is Jesus. Our God is victorious and he always wins.